is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. One day after President Biden took office, a reporter asked White House press. It's good to have you aboard here on Viewpoint today as we talk about the things that matter most. Today on Viewpoint, we're going to be taking a look at some of the items that uh, have been coming out most recently with regard to the matter of the vaccine. And uh, then we'll be taking a look at some other items that uh, may be of particular interest to you. So I'm glad that you've joined us. It's conversation as always with ever-increasing conviction talk that transforms. Speaking of talk, you may recall that new definitions, new orders have come down from on high, so to speak, with regard to what has been called new speak. New speak. That sounds suspiciously like what happened, uh, what was recorded in the novel 1984, that uh, talked about this new speak, talked almost in a prophetic way that what would be coming in our world is a complete transformation of reality and that there would be a willful uh, uh, change in reality uh, as defined by so-called elites, governmental elites, educational elites, and so on. Well, Dr. Robert Malone has chided the CDC now, the Centers for Disease Control, for wanting to correct wrong speak. Wrong speak is the opposite of new speak. Wrong speak is what they try to get rid of. New speak is what they're trying to replace wrong speak with. In other words, you have to be told how to speak now. And the way we have spoken in the past is not acceptable today. In fact, the uh, Associated Press came out with its lordship rules concerning how media should speak now. They have introduced the same version of Newspeak, and so the CDC has decided to adopt this Newspeak for medical speak. So Dr. Robert Malone, who is a renowned physician and biochemist, whose work has focused on the mRNA technology that was used in the COVID-19 shots, now is chiding the U.S. Centers for Disease Control for wanting to rid the nation of wrong speak. So he cited the CDC's new guide that imposes requirements for, quote, how we are all to speak and write, unquote. Did you hear that? How we are all to speak and write, unquote. Now, who has the authority to tell us how we're going to write and speak? We used to be concerned about grammar, and we used to be concerned about making sure our periods and our commas were uh, used appropriately so that our speaking and writing could be properly interpreted and we would be able to communicate with actuality and honesty. We also learned vocabulary, didn't we? Vocabulary. And that was so that we would be able to select appropriate words to describe uh, various situations, people, places, events, and so on, so that we could be understood and we could have a civil society to be able to communicate. Well, that seems to no longer be the case. Now, instead of being interested in facts, 
instead of being interested in communicating clearly and straightly, that's no longer deemed appropriate. Now we have to be more concerned with feelings than with facts. In fact, it reminds me of what Joe Biden once said about a year ago. He said very boldly on national television, we believe in facts, not truth. Now, I want you to let that one think it, sink in for a moment. We believe in facts, not truth. But what did he mean by that? What he really meant is we believe in how we want to feel rather than what the truth actually is. In other words, we'll deny truth. We're not even interested in truth. What we're really interested in is how people feel. So feelings then replaced truth. Now, if you think that that is far off, no, that's exactly what's happened in our churches. That's exactly what's happened in our churches over the past 60 years. I've watched it happen from California to Virginia and back again, speaking in various places across the country and also having well over 3,000, probably 3,500 to 4,000 national guests on this program over the past uh, 20 seven and a half years. No. How we are allowed to speak has changed. The dictionary has changed in order in order to conform to the demands of wokeness, the demands of the mediators of truth through feelings rather than feelings through truth. Feelings then have become Lord and Faith and facts have become subservient. In fact, almost to be ridiculed and denied. So let's take a look at uh, what has happened here. Uh, as the CDC, in its new guide, imposes requirements for how we shall all speak and write. And, of course, this is talking about uh, those who are employees and in, involved with the Centers for Disease Control, which is supposed to be their preeminent uh, task, tasked with disease control and prevention, not tasked with correcting wrong speak. So according to their website, the CDC has put together a very extensive list to protect people from stigmatizing language. This is what Dr. Malone had to say. He said, the problem is the CDC evidently believes that there should be no social stigmas. In other words, the only thing that matters is how people feel. It's not about facts. It's not about truth. It's just how people feel. So it's not okay to use a term to directly describe an activity because societal judgment might hurt somebody's feelings. So he cited the CDC's advice concerning the term smoker. That's no longer permitted. You can't use the term smoker because it might offend those who smoke. Also verboten would be drug users, alcoholics, and drug abusers. Instead, the appropriate language now permitted and ordered by the CDC is persons who use drugs, persons with alcohol use disorder, persons in recovery from substance abuse, and so on. Dr. Malone went on to point out that instead of inmate, you have to say, or instead of inmate or prisoners or convict or offender or criminal, 
you have to use persons who are incarcerated or detained, or people who were formerly incarcerated, or persons detained by or under the custody of law enforcement. Because we wouldn't want to hurt somebody's feelings if they were detained or convicted of a murder to have their feelings hurt, would we, says Dr. Malone? Further, mentally ill should be people with a pre-existing mental health disorder. Homeless should be persons experiencing unstable housing. And poor people actually are people with lower incomes. Well, this reminds me of what one famous pastor, he's the one that launched and built the Crystal Cathedral. He's the one that began in the late 1950s and early 1960s to launch the church growth movement. He's the one that uh, two other major pastors that developed uh, two of the largest movements in the Protestant community over the past 40 years, he was their mentor. And here's what he said. He said, it's abuse to tell people that they're sinners. They just need more self-esteem. Now, why did he say that? He said that because he didn't want anybody to feel like somehow they might be marginalized by being called a sinner. That would be offensive. And we don't want to uh, say anything that might be deemed offensive. The problem with that is that makes the entire Bible offensive. The whole Bible is offensive because the whole Bible is predicated on the fact that you and I are sinners and that we need a Savior. Therefore, Newspeak actually is created to eliminate the need for anybody to make corrections in their life of whatever sort. They're just passive uh, recipients of whatever it is, crime, uh, addiction, they're not addicts, they're just victims. They're just victims of whatever. In other words, they have no responsibility, they have no, uh, well, responsibility. They have no responsibility whatsoever to bring correction in their lives. And so, that's where it leaves us. Now, we're in the process right now, uh, during this particular program, uh, for some reason we began a little bit late, and so our bumper music is not there, and so we're going to just continue on uh, through the program uh, without any breaks whatsoever. So I hope you can handle it. I hope you can stay in, in tune there. And what we're really looking at is massive deception. This change in language, this effort to completely eliminate all responsibility is to turn everybody into a victim who cannot possibly be responsible for his or her behavior or even correction. Therefore, everybody 
has to be treated as, well, a victim. And if we're all just victims, then we don't need a savior. We don't need a redeemer. We just need medication. Or we just need a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Because they're going to tell us that, in reality, the reason we did what we did was not because we sinned. It's not really a sin. It's just that, well, we grew up, uh, maybe we were born at too early an age, (laughs) to be facetious. Maybe it's because my mommy made me do it. Maybe it's because my daddy made me do it. Maybe it's because uh, the culture made me do it. But I couldn't possibly have any responsibility. Therefore, how in the world could we be required to obey God? We can't be required to obey God because that would mean that we had personal responsibility, right? So now you can understand why, over the past 30 years, The word obey has become the most hated word even in the church because the church itself has become participant in the remodeling of language so as to prevent us from having to have responsibility before God. Therefore, it renders the Bible meaningless. All it is is a series of gospels that we can take a verse here, a verse here that we like, that makes us feel good for the moment, but doesn't bring about the change or a new birth. God says we need a new birth because we're fundamentally flawed. We're fundamentally sinful. The new language, the new speak says, no, you're not fundamentally sinful. You're fundamentally good. You just had some of these things. You're a victim of these things that have occurred in your life. And now we're just going to have to try to help you feel better about your circumstances. So we'll all get together as a culture and sing Kumbaya. We'll have this massive love fest, you see, and we'll gather around with our arms around one another and sing, we are the world. That's the spirit of this age. This is the new age, friends. This is the age of Aquarius. Remember, going back into the 1960s, this is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Yeah, this is the, we're in the age of Aquarius. Now, if you want to find out a little bit more about that, you might just want to get a copy of my book, Messiah. That's right, Messiah, unveiling the mystery of the ages. And therein we have a chapter or two concerning this new age religion where they believe in Christ, but it's a different kind of Christ. It's Christ consciousness. And so it's all about feelings. This is the Oprah Winfrication of the Christian faith. This is the doctrine that she began to promote uh, through a a variety of different uh, agencies, books that she had read, and began to inculcate the spirit of this uh, touchy-feely society where everybody has to feel good without being good. You see, being good became irrelevant. 
We just had to feel good and make other people feel good. That way we could sell more books, become more popular, and everybody could have this great love fest while the society itself continued to deteriorate because of the agony of sin that was destroying us from the inside out that we refused to admit. Now, this may seem a little bit complicated uh, as I'm going through this, but I'm trying to help you understand the greater picture of what is developing in our world. And I believe that this is one of the main reasons why Jesus warned about the massive deception that would be coming upon the earth. When you change the language so that it no longer means what it's supposed to mean, in order to accomplish agendas that are contrary to the word, the will, and the way of God, to the viewpoint of the Bible, you have necessarily elevated yourself to Godhood. And that's what's happening. That's exactly what's happening. You are becoming your own Messiah. You're developing your own word. This is the word that the CDC says you must obey. This is the word that the U.S. government says you must obey. This is the word that the World Economic Forum says you must obey. This is the world that the new woke church uh, gospel says you must obey. Forget about obeying God. That's not, that's not deemed to be nice. That's not growing the church. Not very fast. We've got to get people to feel better. We've got to seduce people into the new feeling culture, the Christ conscious culture without obeying Christ. You see, so it's redefining all of the words, all of the implication and meaning of words to turn right speak into wrong speak and wrong speak into right speak, calling black, white, and white, black. Now, the book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages, is going to help you understand an awful lot of this. It really is. Because everything in our world, our culture in the Western world, certainly, is dedicated to undoing the need for a true biblical Messiah. And in the process, dedicated to making you your own Savior, your own Messiah. Because you won't even really need a Savior. You're not guilty of anything. You're just a victim. You get the point? So, the book... Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages, is yours for $22. It's on our website, saveus.org. At saveus.org, you can give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. You're writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. So, all of that, as Dr. Robert Malone the renowned physician and biochemist has talked about and actually mocked the CDC for its new compelling orders that everyone in their employ conform to new speak. You can't speak the truth. Nobody is actually a pedophile. You're just one who uh, likes to uh, sidle up to children. You're not really a pedophile. 
Because that's a label, you see, and that makes people feel bad. You're not really a criminal. You're just one who has uh, engaged in some sort of behavior that uh, the law says is not right. And uh, we don't know exactly why you did that or how you did that, but uh, you're not really a criminal. No. So you can see the problem. Now, the same kind of problem exists with regard to looking at the so-called COVID vaccine, which isn't a vaccine. How many times have we talked about this here on this program? And yet today we're going to do it again, uh, but in a different way. We're looking at it from a, a, a little different viewpoint. Because you see, when we talk about a vaccine, we're using a term that had a very specific meaning. That's how the word was given. It had a, a definite meaning, and the word was created with that definite meaning. Meaning for all of us, that if this so-called vaccine were injected in your body, it would do two things. One, it would prevent you from getting the a particular virus that the vaccine was designed to prevent. Secondly, it would prevent you from spreading the virus or transmitting that virus. Those were the two requirements for a vaccine. These so-called spike protein vaccines that have now been called jabs were not vaccines at all. They did not meet either one of the requirements for a true vaccine. Well, that was forced upon the attention of the CDC, Centers for Disease Control. And it was done so in such a way that it caused embarrassment because they were touting the so-called vaccine that wasn't a vaccine. So what did they do in response? Did they correct their use of the word? Did they admit to their inappropriateness of the word? No, they didn't do that. They created a new right speak and called the original speak wrong speak. The original speak was a vaccine must prevent uh, you from getting the virus that the so-called vaccine was intended to prevent and prevent you from transmitting it. That became wrong speak now because the, vac- the CDC created a new definition. So that whatever these jabs were would comply, they wouldn't prevent you from getting the virus, nor would they prevent you from transmitting it. They would just provide some sort of helpful immune, uh, helpful agency to your immune system to uh, try to stave off the worst effects of COVID. Now, interestingly, Dr. Deborah Burks, who joined uh, Dr. Fauci, Uh, There, in the early stages of the public television talk concerning the daily uh, reports concerning COVID and the so-called vaccine, came out just a few months ago with a new book. 
And when she was being interviewed concerning the book, she admitted that she had never, ever believed that the so-called vaccine would do what a vaccine was supposed to do. She said, I never believed that it would keep people from transmitting the virus. I never believed that it would keep people from getting the virus. Really? So she was asked, well, then why did you tout the vaccine as if it were a true vaccine? Why did you even use the word, which was an inappropriate word to use? She says, because that's the only way we could sell it to the people. That's the only way we could get the American people to buy into it. So in other words, the whole system that was presented by Dr. Burks, Dr. Fauci is the front people for Pfizer, Moderna, J&J, and so on, and the CDC, their whole goal was not just manipulative, it was fraudulent. They tried to market a product on false pretenses. Now, I want you to think about the import of this, because it's not just a matter of COVID. It's not just a matter of the vaccine. It's a matter of how we use words and how we're willing to comply and follow the leadership of those who want to change the meaning of words in order to accomplish secondary agendas that become their primary purpose. So what was the secondary agenda? To market expensive, to market a, a product made by Pfizer or J&J or Moderna that ostensibly was supposed to help us defeat the spread of COVID. But it did neither. It did none of that. The same was true with regard to wearing masks. Now, a mask is a mask is a mask is a mask. You can have various colors, uh, various different materials, but it's still a mask. So that isn't what the problem was there. It wasn't the word itself. It was the implication that was given to the word. The implication that was given to the word was that mass will prevent the transfer or transmission of the virus. Over and over and over again, we were told that. And uh, hypocritically modeled that by Dr. Pfizer, uh, Dr. Fauch, uh, Fauci, uh, by our president, and so on. I say hypocritically modeled because in private they didn't wear it. And they were caught not wearing it, sometimes in private and also in public. So it was another ruse. What was the purpose of that? To pretend to be getting a virus under control when in fact it couldn't be controlled because viruses cannot be controlled in and of themselves. They're viruses. And they will do what viruses do. So they wanted to give the impression that it could be controlled, but in the process, what was actually being controlled was not the virus. It was you. 
That was the real goal. And so Dr. Birx came out and said, on national television, she said, we were shocked that the American people would so quickly yield to our virtual commands, please, to take the jab, to take the vaccine, and to wear the mask. She couldn't believe that the American people would so easily be seduced. Now, words seduce, friends. Words are used to seduce. They're used to sell or manipulate people in order to accomplish agendas that are contrary to what is alleged in the use of the words. And in the case of COVID and the vaccine and the mass, it was control. So let me ask you a question. What words will be necessary in order for the majority of people on this planet, including you, including most professing Christians, what will what words will be necessary in order to seduce you to take the mark of the beast? Where the promises and the threats will be a hundred times stronger than with regard to the vaccine or uh, COVID. It will make the issues with regard to COVID pale into relative insignificance. But they've already already proven the case, haven't they? They've already proven what they can do. Words. Changing the words. New speak. Transforming the language in order to eliminate truth and focus only on feelings. Now, when you do that, When you focus only on feelings, what has really happened now is that fear becomes the premier motivation. That's the greatest uh, feeling that people have, fear. And fear, the Bible says, has torment. Indeed, it does. How many Christians took the jab out of Sheer fear. How many Christians took the jab out of false trust? How many Christians took the jab and their pastors out of a combination of false trust and fear? The majority, by far. And those two things are what are going to be used, friends, to market the mark of the beast. That's how it's going to happen. Now, I'm not here to strike uh, fear into your heart, but to help us to understand how these things take place. It may seem to many to be subtle, But in reality, when you look at it the way we're presenting it right here on Viewpoint Today, it's not subtle at all. It's intentional. It's an intentional marketing of fear. 
It's an intentional getting you to shift your trust from God to government and its promises. You see, Satan himself makes his own promises, and he makes them through people and institutions that are not God-fearing. He promises you the benefits that ultimately and only legitimately come from God as your provider, as your healer, as your savior, as your redeemer. But Satan promises you all of those things. That's why the Bible says he appears as an angel of light. And it's necessary to understand his ways. The Apostle Paul said, well, we we understand his ways. Oh, the majority of Christians don't understand his ways. Because if they did, they wouldn't be so easily seduced. We're coming to a place now, during the majority of my life, starting from my birth in 1945, right after uh, World War II, I have watched the trajectory of history and biblical prophecy being fulfilled right before our eyes. I have seen the gradual nature of how things develop and stray from truth and begin over time to adopt new viewpoints, new outlooks that are contrary to God's viewpoint. What is needed now, because this has gone so far, is to, in love and in compassion and with courage and boldness, seriously warn professing Christians, those who claim to be God's warmest audience of the danger that lies ahead, that they're already being engulfed in. Is that any less or more offensive than what Jesus said to his disciples two days before his crucifixion when he said, take heed that no man deceive you? And then turned around and said again in the very same passage, saying many are going to come in my name. They're going to use my name to deceive. Isn't that what many pastors did with regard to the whole COVID issue? They told their parishioners, even evangelical pastors, told their parishioners, even went on television and radio and told the people that listened to them, you have to take this because if you don't, you don't love Jesus and you don't love people. They used the name of Jesus to market a fraud. Now, maybe they didn't realize it was a fraud, so they became complicit, though, in marketing that which they did not take the time to understand and figure out. The people trusted them, but their trust was not meritorious because they had not done their homework. The same is true with regard to way the way many so-called promoters of the gospel or of the Bible uh, present it. 
They do not spend the time to tie the word of God together and connect the dots and present a whole picture. It's called the whole counsel of God. They don't do that. They market the gospel to their listeners because they want them to feel good. God wants us to be good. He wants us to be transformed, and that's why he calls us to repent. The the Bible says it's the kindness of God that calls us or leads us to repentance. But the word repent is not kind in and of itself. It's deemed in our estimation to be mean, to be something to be run from. Yet the Bible, the whole message of the Bible from beginning to end is a message of repentance. When John the Baptist came to introduce Jesus and his coming, he spent six months calling the people of Judea to repent and be baptized in repentance. Then when Jesus took over and John the Baptist passed the baton to Jesus, Jesus began his ministry saying, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. He told his disciples when they picked up the mantle of ministry to preach the gospel of repentance. Peter said, repent and believe the gospel. The apostle Paul, when he picked it up, as a uh, missionary to the Gentiles, gave the same message to the Gentile church. Repent. That is a good word. Because without that word, you and I have no hope. So if you find yourself in a situation, in a church or a Bible study or whatever, that mocks the word repent, that doesn't want to talk about it. You better be very careful. You might want to just run. Because they're trying to hide. They're trying to market something. They're trying to artificially seduce people into following Jesus on wrong terms. Because the only way you can begin to follow Jesus is to repent. And then, after we become followers of Jesus, having repented of our sin and having decided to follow him and receive his shed blood as the uh, sacrifice for our sins, from there on, when we do sin, we are to confess our sin, have short accounts with God to confess our sin, not our victimhood, Not what somebody else did to me. We're to confess our sin. And then, when we do that, he is faithful and just to forgive our sin that we've confessed and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness at that time. This is an ongoing process for professing Christians. When you're born again, you should be sensitive to the Holy Spirit that convicts you of sin. Before you receive the Holy Spirit in, in, that is, uh, in 
uh, being born again, the spirit of Christ in that sense. I'm not talking about what is called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That is for power. Just as it was for the disciples. But we're talking that when we're born again, we receive the spirit of Christ that can lead us into all truth. And what that does is enable or uh, open the opportunity for us to hear the voice of the Lord, the convicting of the Holy Spirit to do his will. That's why Jesus said that not everyone who says unto me, Lord, Lord, is going to inherit the kingdom of God. So then who is? Well, Jesus said, those, only those who do the will of my Father. Just as I, Jesus said, did the will of my Father, now I deputize you to do the will of my Father, which is now your Father. But when we play games with the words, we're deceiving our own selves. So Jesus' brother spoke about this problem, and he said, look, be doers of the word and not just hearers, deceiving your own selves. If you take your Bible, he said, and you look at it, it's like a mirror. And when you look at it, if you truly are born again, you're going to see yourself the way God sees you. But don't you dare, having seen yourself the way God sees you, with the sin that's in your life that you need to come clean with him about, don't you dare turn around and forget what sort of a person you saw. No. The purpose of the Bible, the word of God, is to pierce to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and to discern the thoughts and the intents of our hearts. That's what the Bible says. It's not to put to give us sweet nothings and sugar pills to make us feel good. It'll give us a little temporary energy for, for the day. Now, all of that having been shared with you that I had not intended to share with you, all of this has been totally extemporaneous because I believe that the Holy Spirit was prompted me to do this. Maybe that's the reason why we were just a few seconds late in launching the program here today. Actually gives me even more time to share these things with you. Now, interestingly, going back to uh, the uh, vaccines and so on, we have more and more reports of young people just dropping dead. Here's another one. A basketball player collapses. Old Dominion University here in Virginia. Collapsed on the basketball court January 7th. Collapsed suddenly. Dropped to the floor while clutching his chest. Another, a 35-year-old middle school teacher, collapsed in front of his students and died suddenly in Texas. 35 years old. He was a coach just died suddenly of a heart attack. Why is it that nobody seems to want to mention whether or not they had the vaccine or the jab? They don't want to talk about it. 
It's too politically incorrect. And from the CDC's viewpoint, it's medically incorrect because they don't want the rest of the people to feel bad. They're not interested in whether or not it's causing people to die. They're interested in whether the rest of you who took the shot feel bad. Roughly 15% of all vaccine recipients develop a health problem after taking a COVID-19 vaccine. That's the latest. 15%. Now, compared to decades of previous vaccines, that's a huge number that previously, according to Dr. Peter McCullough, would have caused the government to take such a shot off the market. Just completely get rid of it. So, there's a question as to what can cause only some people who get the shot to suffer ill impacts. Some key factors include the lot number of the vaccine that serves as a proxy for mRNA quantity or contaminants. Oh, now what they're discovering is that many of these different lots of the so-called vaccine are dramatically different. They're not what they purport to be. In fact, so dramatically different that they're almost incomparable to one another. Some ten times as powerful as others. Some having much more contaminants in them than others. Is anybody really concerned about that? No. Because they're all concerned about marketing the jab. They have secondary agendas, including control and money and power and perks and position. All of those things are driving a hypocritical system that is killing off untold millions. Of special interest, as you know, is the high incidence of myocarditis in young people in good health, especially boys and men. And that's been connected with an unusual high number of sudden deaths, especially in athletes. Have you ever heard during your life before this, have you ever heard of numerous athletes just dropping dead, ages 30 and under, just numerous all over the country and all over the world just dropping dead. No, you haven't heard that. Why are we hearing it now? And why is it that the news doesn't want to talk about the connection between the jab and what happened to them? Even the medical... Uh, community doesn't want to talk about it. They're trying to hide the connections. There are ulterior motives, friends. And it traces back to words. They don't want people to feel bad. 
while they're manipulating the public, they don't want the millions and billions of people who, at their uh, fear-driven marketing plan, took the jab and many boosters after that. They don't want them to feel bad and... So the connections are not being made. Interestingly, if you had not heard, a couple of weeks ago, the Pentagon dropped the vaccine mandate. They rescinded its COVID-19 vaccination mandate and dropped the shots requirement across the U.S. military over a year after it was first put in place. So, the memo was expected after the annual defense policy bill signed into law by President Biden on December 23rd gave the Defense Department 30 days to pull the mandate. In other words, the Defense Department was mandated, pressured by Congress, you're not going to get funding unless you get rid of this mandate it's killing your army your navy your air force and so on on the other hand the defense department says we're going to continue to promote and encourage the vaccination for all service members to enhance operational readiness and protect the force just the opposite friends It's diminishing the force. People are not signing up for the military for two primary reasons. Number one, they don't want to get a mandated vaccination. Number two, they don't want to participate in a military that's driven by wokeness. They want, they want to go into a military that's serious about their business and not interested in playing the cultural game of wokeness and placing active homosexuality, transgenderism, and so on into the armed forces. They don't want that. So the military now is having to seduce people to come into the military to sign up that are not qualified they've actually reduced the qualifications necessary in order to sweep some additional people into the military because they cannot meet their quotas you see there are consequences to playing these word games and there are eternal consequences for playing word games we just can't afford to do it A key scientist in the United Kingdom, Dr. Richard Enos, has written a column calling for the COVID-19 shots to be withdrawn immediately. He's a retired professor of evolutionary biology at Edinburgh University, has analyzed his nation's yellow card adverse event reporting system for vaccinations and found there are unequivocal signals about reactions to the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines that affect the blood, the heart, and female reproductive organs. He said there could be no question that the mRN vaccines should be withdrawn with immediate effect. 
He says there is much evidence of the injurious impact of the COVID shots from young athletes dying from unexpected cases of myocarditis to sudden adult death syndrome in others. Did you know a 47-year-old executive for Fox News just collapsed and died on the spot? Why? Seemingly healthy people just collapsing. This doctor says that all three vaccines, Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca, all rely on novel technology that has never before been used in humans. At the time of their introduction, they lacked any long-term safety data and therefore required conditional marking authorization from the Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency. To monitor the safety of three vaccines, establish the COVID-19 vaccine yellow card reporting scheme. This collates standardized reports of suspected adverse reactions to the COVID-19 vaccines that can be analyzed to detect safety signals and potentially trigger withdrawal of the vaccines. He says, unequivocal safety signals for adverse reactions caused by the mRNA vaccines uh, affecting the lymph system the heart and female reproduction. It must be withdrawn immediately. Well, that's exactly what uh, Dr. Robert Malone, who was the inventor, shall we say, of the mRNA concept. That's exactly what he said a year ago. That's what Dr. Peter... uh, now his last name is skipping me. Anyway, uh, that that's what uh, Cartwright, I think it is. Anyway, that's what he said also. But they're not listening because there are ulterior motives, friends. Ulterior motives are dangerous. And then, as I mentioned last week, MRA and vaccines are being injected into livestock now and companion animals. That's the report from Dr. Robert Malone again. That means if you consume the vaccinated animal, the mRNA vaccine enters your body. Bayer and BioNTech have been working on livestock and companion animal mRNA vaccines for over six years, Malone said. When asked if the government